while the Psalms are really calling us to thanksgiving in the various things that uh, the Lord has, has done for us, and uh, this Psalm 146 is a special psalm that I gave a lot of attention to for thanksgiving today. What a great opportunity we have to come together for a few minutes and to, to thank the Lord for, with gratitude for all that he has done for us. Over the past years, I have um, liked to read a little bit of uh, Abraham Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation, which he made uh, in the middle of civil war. It's always fascinating to read some of our history on this and to think uh, about what it says to us about the different times that we're in and the changes that have happened. But this was Lincoln's Thanksgiving Day proclamation. This year that is drawing towards a close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful uh, fields and healthy skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed, that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature, that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity— which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed. And harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. Interesting statement. (laughs) Lots to think about there. Peace has been preserved in all nations, laws respected and obeyed. Harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. What do you think if if Abraham Lincoln were living right now, what he would write? Not that. (laughs) Not that. I think he'd say there's little peace in the nation. Laws have been disregarded and changed against your holy law. It seems that our society is adrift with uh, division. I think Mr. Lincoln would say that's because we've forgotten the Lord our God who has given us all these things. I think that's what he would say. That's what I wanted to consider a little bit with you today, Psalm uh, 146. It's a psalm that calls us to praise. It's a psalm that calls us ultimately to thanksgiving um, for those who truly... Enjoy help from the Lord. Uh, In the times that we live, uh, though the nation has forgotten that there is a God or rejected that there is a God or would gladly take in God, we trust off everything. Our faith, our response, our thanksgiving from God's people must uh, shine in moments like this that we would demonstrate before the Lord true thanksgiving and that we would desire all the peoples to acknowledge and to thank the Lord for all of his Good gifts. And I think this psalm helps us on this great occasion to consider some important things, some helpful things about all that the Lord has done for us, but also to help us consider one of the great reasons that people turn away from the Lord. One of the great reasons that people do not acknowledge the Lord, especially on a day of Thanksgiving. I mean, countless people will celebrate it today. But how many will stop and give thanks to the God of heaven for all these good gifts? And this psalm calls us to look at things a little bit differently and to consider where help in this life truly comes from 
and how it is shown to us. I think that's one of the benefits of the Psalms in, is the reflecting and remembering and bringing to our minds all that the Lord does constantly for his, for his people. And so this psalm begins by calling us to praise the Lord. A way of praise is thanksgiving. It goes hand in hand with being thankful. You can only praise if you are a thankful person. And he says at the beginning of the psalm, Praise the Lord, O my soul, while I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. The sense here is um, the psalmist is ecstatic about the Lord. Uh, he's rejoicing in the Lord. He's celebrating the Lord. He's recognizing the Lord. And he recognizes this with this, uh, a theme in this psalm. He recognizes this by saying life is very short. While we have breath in us, we should praise and thank the Lord. And in the big picture, that's a very small window of time while there is breath in your body. While you are able to open your mouth and to praise. You are here today and gone tomorrow in the big picture. And what the psalmist is expressing is one of the great purposes of of our life, one of the great purposes to glorify God and enjoy Him is that it would be a life filled with acknowledgement of Him and thanksgiving to Him for all that He has done for us. But the sense here and what the psalm is capturing is in the brevity of life, while we have this awesome privilege to offer up our praise, to offer up our thanksgiving to Him, in this short time under the sun, salvation has this great end. There are certain things that the psalm captures for us that helps us to make sure that this is in place. The single great theme of this psalm is the theme of God being the God of all help to you. The God of all help to you. Everything about this psalm will celebrate certain things about the Lord so that you would take it in today and that you'd reflect upon how God has helped you in the course of life, what God does for you in the course of life. But there's one negative statement in the psalm. There's one negative statement. And that becomes, I think, the great reason in this life that people do not give praise and thanks to him. One of the great reasons in this psalmist's mind in light of God being a God of help, this becomes the great reason that people do not acknowledge the Lord, that people do not thank the Lord in their lives while they have their breath. And that's the caution of the psalm. Notice verse 3. Do not put your trust, put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. That's a, that's a bold, glaring caution right up front in the psalm. Because there's no other caution in the psalm. There's no other warning in the psalm. He wants us to think about that in light of what follows. Now, if the psalm is all about the help of the Lord, and that the help of the Lord in life should lead in this short window under the sun to praise, to thanksgiving. 
it has single-handedly raised the greatest threat to that practice in our lives. What is it? There might be many things in life that prevent true thanksgiving. Uh, Remember, it is the characteristic, the apostle said, of those in dark, darkness that they are not thankful about anything. Gratit- ingratitude comes in many forms. It could be that we're just kind of selfish. It could be that we're self-serving. It could be that we serve ourselves. But here I think we're presented with maybe one of the greatest hindrances to true thanksgiving in life. What is it? Well, he says, notice how he says it, put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no help. There's a theme of the psalm, help. Now, maybe son of man is a little bit confusing of a translation for you. Um, You have to think about that a little bit. What does he mean when he says son of man? He says, in that very day, his spirit departs and he returns to the earth. What's he thinking of? He's thinking of creation. Uh, He's thinking of what happened at creation. When the fall happened, and remember what happened to man? When Adam sinned, the Lord said, to dust you came, and to dust you shall return. That's what he's thinking about. While we have breath, says the psalmist, one of the great dangers is that we are looking to mere mortals to help us. So maybe a better translation would be, Put not your trust in princes or in any son of Adam who just like when Adam faced the curse, he went down and died and returned to dust. So every other ruler and leader in life follows the same path. Put not your trust in a son of Adam. Put not your trust in a prince. Why would that be one of the greatest dangers for us? Well, Americans right now have the lowest expectations of government in our entire history as a nation. Isn't that interesting? There is absolutely no confidence in the government. There is absolutely no confidence in our leaders. And so you might read this and say, well, how then would we be having this problem? The reason is to think about why there is such low confidence. Why is there such low confidence at these, in these times? It's because rooted in that dissatisfaction is something we're all worried about, something we're all talking about, something that we're all intensely frustrated with. It's that our government, through a series of bad decisions, has foolishly made life hard on people. We send billions of dollars to other countries while we're not in good shape. Our national deficit, what we owe, I mean, do you ever watch that number? (laughs) It just keeps going. The economy is hanging on by a thread. And in general, the reason for the dissatisfaction is, is because the government has in many ways lost sight of its true purpose in caring for the people, in leading the people, in caring about the poor, 
in maintaining justice. And we have mass disillusionment because of this. Masses love a handout. And the politicians know if we can give handouts, we'll win them. They'll vote for us. Deep down, this, um, this exposes that there is an expectation in us of the government to provide for us, to fulfill life for us, even in its design, even though it has a good purpose, to give us the blessings. And because there's no God to acknowledge by many, mass delusionment, disillusionment follows. Mass disillusionment follows. So this is one of the great reasons the psalm is addressing this great problem. This was Israel's great problem throughout history. How could we not forget Saul? (laughs) Put not your trust in princes. Here was a man, tall, good-looking, powerful. If we just had him, we will be able to take over the other nations. He will provide for us. We live in this interesting rhythm of presidential um, positions. You know, four years in, four years out, four years in, four years out. We rock the boat one way, we rock the boat the next way. And the frustration comes all over again. And I think the psalm is really addressing this issue. Who really acknowledges today that the Lord is the one governing life, who sits on his throne Sovereign over all of it, who is really involved with us, who really cares about us, who really pays attention to us. If you were poor today, well, you'd be concerned about food. You'd you'd run to unemployment. If you were sick today, you'd run to the doctor. They're all things in God's providence that are there. If you're trying to deal with pain and sorrow, you might try to find some kind of relief. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. See what the psalm is saying to us? The great hindrance to life of thanksgiving, the great hindrance to a life of praise, is that often we're looking everywhere else other than to the one who has promised to care for us and help us. We look everywhere to a son of Adam to solve our problems. And that's what grips us. That's what we talk about. That's what burdens us. Well, the psalmist is capturing our people who are living this life looking everywhere else than the Lord to provide what they need. And the psalm has us think for a minute to turn this now after that glaring sort of caution to turn us now to think for a minute positively about all the ways the Lord has helped you. And he recognizes all these things the Lord has done for us. This, if, if you really could catalog the list, we would never get out of here. But he chooses things that are shocking. He chooses things that we don't often think about to have us really sense the deep care of the Lord in our lives, the deep provision of the Lord, the deep help of the Lord to you. Consider, says the psalmist, first thing he says, you notice in verse, verse 6, 
Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that's in them. So he has made all of this. He upholds all this. In his power, he, he keeps all this. That's how powerful he is. Notice who keeps faith and, or truth forever. Who executes, verse 7, justice for the oppressed. What a remarkable blessing of the Lord that in our times He is committed to preserve you in truth and in the faith. He is committed to hold on to you. He is committed to help you. And in the earth, He is the one who is truly, truly, whenever you see it, when it's truly done on the earth, maintaining justice. He maintains the right of the oppressed. He cares about the oppressed. You, know, you think of this biolab that was discovered in Reedley just this last week, you know. They say the government turned a blind eye to the whole thing. The anger we feel. And the psalm says the Lord didn't. He sees and he overturns this stuff all the time. He takes that responsibility on himself to maintain justice. To care for the oppressed who are trampled by greed and covetousness. Verse 9, he turns the way of the wicked upside down. They're not getting away with anything in life. It's constant, constantly, you don't even see it all the time. Frustrating. Turning things. Undermining. He is that involved. He is that present with us. And then second, notice his great care for creation and his people. What does he do? What, I mean, look at the, the, those are the big things. What does he do for you? He gives food to the hungry. That's what um, Israel received in the wilderness even when they rebelled. You know, we, 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 I'm so used to in my life having three square meals a day. You know, <laughs> So we fall apart if we don't get that, you know, get cranky. You can ask my wife. Have any of you ever lacked? Sure, there are impoverished nations of the world. But I'm talking to us right here, right now. General rule is look at how much he's provided for you. Look what you're going to enjoy today. And while you're eating today, the Lord looks over to the prisons, over in Avenal and in Corcoran. And he sees those who have ruined their lives. And he sees those who have wrecked their life with bad decisions. And he sets the prisoners free. And then he is so caring that he looks at the blind and he helps them. And he sees many who are discouraged and hurting and suffering. And he takes his hand. Not, notice, the, notice that there. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. <laughs> There's a, depression's real. Discouragement's real. And he comes and he helps. If we could only see this. 
And then he sets his eyes on the orphans. Did you see that there? The Lord watches over the sojourners, the strangers, the orphans, the fatherless. And he helps them too. There are many who face great dangers in life and the Lord is represented as this caring. Those who don't even have fathers. Orphans are alone. And then there's the widows. Wouldn't it something? Those are, the widows are the ones we least think about in life. Well, that's what he says here. He upholds the widow. He upholds the widow. <laughs> Those who have struggled all these years with the loss of husbands. Those who are lonely. Those who are sad. And he watches out for you. He helps you. He relieves your burdens. And today there may not be a widow. Tomorrow you may be. See, there's, there's no aspect of life that he has turned a blind eye. His help has gone out to all the earth. Even when the pagans were worshiping Zeus and Hermes and Acts, Paul said, what are you doing? He said, look to the Lord who has given you all kinds of good things to enjoy. Well, all these physical things, this surely has spiritual application. Jesus took it when he walked on this earth and took this psalm and took the scriptures and took Isaiah the prophet and he read this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What did, what did God ultimately do for us? He sent his son down here. <laughs> Who then, when he stood there one day, said this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Who really are the poor? All of us. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. Who really are the prisoners? All of us. In sin. He sent me to give recovery of sight to the blind. Who are really the blind? All of us, like John Newton said, I once was blind, but now I see. He set the oppressed free. Who was really oppressed by sin, the world, and the devil? All of us. He sent me to proclaim the year of the Lord's what? Favor. Then he rolls up the scroll, hands it back to the attendant, sits down, the eyes of everyone in the synagogue fasten on him, and he began saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed, think about this, at the gracious words that came from his lips. He's the son of man who is eternal. You see, all this help comes from God's Son who did set us free, who opened our spiritual eyes, who fed us, who took us in, who loved us, who washed us, who relieved us. Did you hear this? You notice all the, 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 the words that are used there. The Lord keeps, the Lord gives, the Lord opens, the Lord raises up, the Lord loves, the Lord watches over, the Lord relieves. What, what else do you need? <laughs> and you see, the great problem today is that so many in this life refuse even to acknowledge Him. That's a sad thing. To thank him. 
You know, that, that's like my dear friend, a pastor said, his wife had made so many sacrifices going into ministry, and um, he didn't have any money, and he said, I saved, and I saved, and I saved for my wife, and I knew she wanted a piano, and he says, I finally, on the Christmas day, I, I brought her the envelope that said what it is. She broke out in tears, and she says, how did you do this? Did you sell the kids? And she burst out in tears. That's, that's what the Lord loves in response. You loved me that much? You gave me that much? You did that much for me? It's not, thank you. That doesn't please him. It's a deep welling up in the heart of gratitude for all this. Psalm 92 says the beasts are those who don't give thanks. Their head's in the field down all the time in life. And so the end of the psalm says this today. Well, the middle of the psalm, which is the, I think the heart of the psalm is, verse 5, happy is he who has the God of Jacob as his help. And there's one blessing I think that stands out over all of them in this psalm. It's in the middle of verse 8. The Lord, notice it, loves the righteous. That's you. Not everyone enjoys this love, but you do. You are blessed today to be able to give true thanksgiving. You have the Lord as your help, you know. This is not just like any other man who comes and dies. This was, this was the man sent from heaven who died and rose again for you. Who made through him heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in them. Who is from everlasting to everlasting. And the psalm calls us today to thank God, to praise God for these kind of blessings. There's nothing he has not done for you. He has helped you in every way. And we should be those who recognize that in our lives. So, to close it out, in your short time under the sun, while you have breath, <laughs> before you go back to dust, never look to another son of Adam in your life. They'll all fail you. While you have praise in your lips, while you can thank him in your life, you have no idea where, and I have no idea where we would be today without him. So thank him, praise him, and he promises us he'll raise us <laughs> on that day to be with him forever in glory. So this Thanksgiving, 2023, may we thank the Lord of heaven, the God of our lives, for he is to us the God of all help. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for such wonderful truth of your care in our lives. We recognize and ask forgiveness that we go through life often stressed, looking to everyone else for answers and never really coming to you and trusting in you and praying to you and acknowledging you and then sitting back and reflecting on all that you have already done for us. And so today, from the depths of our hearts, we say thank you, O Lord. Thank you. May we not be hard-hearted. May we not put our trust in anyone else other than the Lord our God through Jesus Christ. Thank you for all these rich benefits and thank you, O Lord, for loving us. That love shown 
and saving us and giving us salvation. We bless and praise and thank your holy name today for all these good and perfect gifts from above. In Jesus' name, amen.